Welcome to the Right Film. My name is Sean. My name is Steve. I'm Thomas. And I'm Harvey Gladden. Alright guys, coming up we got a review of Owls of Dog. We're also going to be talking about some stuff that we watched during the week. And uh, we do have a topic this week picked by Steve. And it's uh, basically the myths of auteurs. And uh, we'll get into that. But uh, anyways, moving on. How was your week, Steve? Oh shit, I wasn't even prepared to talk about my week. Uh, really? Yeah, you know, I don't like you know, I don't like talking about myself all the time. But you know, it was a good week. Uh, very, very busy time at the office, like always. And uh, I did an impromptu photo shoot last night, which was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. You were gone for the whole day, right? No, I was just gone for half the day. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So it was that, and then I, I don't know. I feel like I did something else. I had a. Oh, now I remember. All right, so I was at the gym, right? And I see this guy walking in, wearing jeans, working out, right? And then instantly, I was reminded of a story that I heard about Shia LaBeouf maybe two weeks ago. What? Yeah. I need to hear it. So, you, you remember the, the discotheque story I told you guys last week? Mm. Well, the people I went with, she uh, one of the girls, she, she used to live in L.A. Or it's like she stayed over in L.A. And she went to the gym, and she used to see Shia LaBeouf there a lot. And he loved to work out in jeans. Like, you'll go running really? on the treadmill with jeans. And I what's thought the, that was like very interesting. What's the benefits of that? <laughs> That's what I'm trying. I feel like... It, so- it sounds heavy. It sounds like mad uncomfortable. Yeah. And like, right. if you have the option, why not switch to shorts? But uh, I feel like I it's such why. a shy thing to it's, do that. No, he's, he's doing it right. D- because uh, all those movements and techniques that you learn and those nice, comfortable, stretchy outfits, you're not going to have in the real world when you have to use them. So. Just wait, what? Wearing jeans when he has to, <laughs> when he has to <laughs> run from someone with his skinny jeans on. Yeah, he's he'll got, be pr- very he, practiced at it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas you'll be like, "Wow, this is nothing like at the gym." <laughs> I feel like it, there'd be a lot of chafing. That's what I was like, thinking this whole time. Rubbing. I feel like it's a lot of chafing, and I, I just found it very briefs. I mean, I mean, just a lot of uh, rubbing against your skin. It's like a tough fabric, so that doesn't seem comfortable at all. That's so funny you brought him up because uh, I, I don't remember, but I remember reading half of an article like, a couple weeks ago about him. He did an Are interview. Chafing? No, he was basically saying that he's ready to start living a normal life. What the fuck was he doing before? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> look at his last four years of living. He's been all over the place. I like that he came to that conclusion, though. I want to know what sparked that. <laughs> I just want to know, like, what? Because we've only seen, like, so much of his life through, like, the internet. So I just want to know, like, has his shit just been crazy? Like, has it just been so much worse? It's probably yeah. like a just like a crazy we don't scenario. Know. A scenario that just weirded shy out. Shy out. It's like, all right, you it's know, like, I'm fucking oh, weird, is, but I, like, I'm gonna put back, put that life behind me. Yeah. Spit it on cops and. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's a good story. Yeah, I'll, uh, gonna, I'll know that forever. Yeah, I'm gonna try to collect as much. Uh, shyest stories throughout my lifetime i just love hearing these stories Mm because it's very uniquely i feel like him or his brand cool really on brand um shomo was just showing me his fancy new phone over there yeah he's really proud of it it's not not really (coughs) it's a nice phone i I like it you have it you're wielding it without a case that's scary uh i've ordered one on amazon oh that's cool but i like it you don't drop it before then i don't drop phones i do show you it's like a What if you just broke it on the podcast? Would you continue recording? Yeah, everybody says that. Every time I throw it in the air like that, which I've done maybe 5,000 times, people are like, it would be funny if you dropped it. I'm like, well, I fucking won't, bitch. Oh, okay. You're going to like okay. walk out. You're going to you're gonna put it in your pocket. You think you put it in your pocket, and it's going to like fall out, and that's oh, when man. you break it. Any uh, Anything noteworthy to mention? Uh, not so much. Um, I don't know if we should talk about 
future plans or maybe tack it on in the let's uh let's let's uh do it towards the end i would say yeah let's do it towards the end Mm -hmm. we're we're talking the future of do the right film yeah uh other than that my week has been pretty brief pretty uh slow gearing up to go to montreal so i won't be joining you guys next week oh you're not you're not gonna record from the road uh why don't you watch the movie and record a pre a pre-recorded thing that's the thing i can't see the movie Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm leaving Friday morning. I work Thursday night. It's just not going to work out. I see. But, uh, okay, cool. What about uh, you, Harvey? Anything noteworthy? Uh, nothing noteworthy. Well, I've been working on some new content for Do The Right Film. Uh, for video yeah, stuff. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're going to tack it on the end. <laughs> yeah, but guy. I figured I'd ignore what you guys just said and just say it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, yeah. You want to get into it now or? No, we don't have to. We can just talk, just leave people confused until okay. the, the end of the show. Yeah, stick around for the end. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. What, like no we'll, one we'll see what the hell Harvey's talking about because I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should say it now. I don't know. All right. So, from what I understand, we're gonna start doing. We're gonna branch out in different forms of media here. We're gonna do some video stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. we're gonna take a a dab into that. I think uh, it, it'll be a learning process. So, so yeah, bear with us. Um, we're gonna hit YouTube. Yeah, I think people are using YouTube these days. Yeah, they were talking about publishing us, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we're we going to have a deal. Uh, YouTube <laughs> Red YouTube partnership. show. But, uh, all right, cool. Let's uh, jump into some movies here. Before we start uh, re- some reviews, you guys should uh, go ahead and subscribe on YouTube. Um, do we have on a YouTube? YouTube? Well, I mean, do we, don't <laughs> we, we already do, we have do, a channel? Yeah. Oh, you're yeah. talking about YouTube? Oh. Just uh, I mean, get, yeah. get some uh, updates out there. If you can find it, it's like really, it's just in the basic levels of being mm-hmm. made but uh definitely just uh subscribe to our social media accounts and that you'll find the videos that way yeah and um say something nice about us on um itunes as well that'd be cool yeah review would be nice mm-hmm. but uh so what's the deal here um did did anybody lose the game last yeah. week did we go back to normal we uh we reset the game and then this week we'll be going back to normal but uh the loser of the last week was Steve. Oh, Steve. Do you yeah. know what I said? Did you listen, Sean? No, I yeah, man. I'm going to be honest. I was just like... <laughs> You're in for a treat. <laughs> so I texted Tom maybe like halfway through the week, and I'm just like, what am I watching again? <laughs> I completely forgot. I was just like... And then he reminded me, and I was watching Boogie Nights, and I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, Boogie Nights. Interesting. Yeah. So I watched Boogie Nights. Uh, I guess we can talk a little bit about it. It's directed by our boy, PTA. Paul Thomas Anderson. It stars, a, has a star-studded cast, but I feel like it was in the 90s, so it wasn't like, I feel like they were all kind of like getting there to becoming like huge stars, but yeah. like some were there, some weren't, or some were getting that at that point. So we have like Mark Wahlberg as lead, Burt Reynolds, John C. Riley, Junior Moore, Thomas Jane shows up. That was a surprise for me. Thomas Jane. Halfway through the movie, Isn't he just shows William up. William H. Macy in there as well? Yeah, William yeah. H. Macy, Phyllis Omar Hoffman. Uh what is her name? The blonde. I always forget. Philip Seymour Hoffman. He he looks so Moore. different in that movie from what I remember. Really? Does he play like the boom guy? Or no. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody I think else. I think he's like the AD or direct, like he's a director. Yeah, like I remember him there. looking like like a Swedish boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird memory to have. I feel like he looks I haven't exactly seen that movie the since same. like high school. Heather Graham, she's in this. It's great. Uh, no, all, yeah, a star-studded cast. And uh, if you're not familiar with Boogie Nights, it's set in 1977. I love this. Back when sex was safe, pleasure was a business, and business was booming. Idealistic porn producer Jack Horner aspires to elevate his craft to a new art form. So, it's basically about the porno industry. And Mark Wahlberg plays 
uh, 17-year-old stud that <laughs> Burt Reynolds spots across, spots across the dance floor, and he was just like, this guy looks like he, is, he has a nice dick. How do you know? <laughs> and like, <laughs> I love that scene, and I think that's the first thing I would say is just like I think he just plays his soul on the nose, and everyone's playing, like everyone's playing it straight because they know how ridiculous the concept is, and you can tell people are having fun with this, with this, or with their performances. But yeah, Mark Rohr plays a up and coming porn star with a huge penis, and it just you see his rise and fall, and. Simple story, but I think the fact that PTA did it, you can see, I think it elevates it because of the camera work alone. And also, he has this way of like building a world. And what I mean by that is that he lets like scenes live without the actors actually being there or like you're not seeing it on camera. So like an actor might have a scene, like Mark Wahlberg might have a scene right there, but like everything else in the background is existing and things are still happening within that frame. Yeah. And I think he does, I don't know, man, I feel like he's one of those directors that he knows how to build a world within that, and I think it always elevates it. it I, this could have been a good movie, but I feel like PTA does bring bring it to another level, and I'm uh, I'm glad he recommended this, Tom. He gave me another treat. It's uh, This movie was weirdly ambitious to me. I don't know how he pulled this off, being such a young, up-and-coming Yeah, that director. was another thing I was thinking it's, about. It feels like a Scorsese film. Yeah, it seems like, like a, something a director would do maybe, like how Scorsese did Wolf of Wall Street. Like It's yeah. something you would maybe see it's a, later it's a on. It's a massive odyssey, kind of. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Like, And you're surprised that he was able to like uh, actually like get it, like actually do it. And with such like talented actors as well just be able to like wrangle all these like elements and make a like a great picture like this um what else i was gonna say there's there's a i would say this like i was expecting to laugh more and i found myself maybe chuckling at a few parts i think the more funnier parts were like that documentary they that they start shooting but like (laughs) like halfway through the movie about him yeah uh, Dirk Diggler, which is Mark Warburg's character. Well, his Pro- his, his stage name. Stage yeah. name, yeah. And eventually, I completely forgot what his real name was. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't remember. Yeah, just Dirk Diggler. Uh, and the, the, you know what's interesting, though? I didn't know. I didn't know this because I watched that short film he did when he was younger. And it was basically a mockumentary about Dirk Diggler. And then years later, he ends up making this, which is basically right. about starring the same lead, and it basically kind of follows the same beats. The way the documentary was like portraying it, which I thought was pretty cool. So it was nice. It was a lot of callbacks, I can guess, to his like earlier work. If you ever seen his early work, like his first thing he's ever done, so it was pretty cool. Uh, all in all, I enjoyed it. I would say I'd say it's a solid four out of five. Not my favorite, but it's still up there as like. I think it might be top Sol- three uh, PTA for me, but yeah, it's great. Like it's, uh, I, I can, I feel like it's great, great movie to recommend to anyone. It's easy to get into. I would say it's up there. How the way I said Phantom Thread was accessible, I feel like Boogie Nights is way more accessible. Yeah, it's not, it's not weird and and uh, painfully slow or anything like yeah. a, like a, you know, maybe There Will Be Blood or Magnolia or something. Yeah, and you know the best part of the movie. Actually, I'm not going to spoil it for people who haven't seen it. Yeah, don't spoil. I mean, it's it's All right, I'm gonna say old, I'm gonna say twenty years old. Yeah, twenty years it's old. It's still a lot. A lot of people haven't seen it. I guess I don't know. It's one of those movies you kind of like me. I missed it somehow. 
So uh, I missed it up until like two or three years. I remember ago. this movie had some really good long tracking shots. Yeah, like that's when I, yeah that, that how the way it floats like it mm-hmm. just flows through the whole movie like from like character to character, scene to scene, which yeah, I loved. I that, yeah, Magnolia has some of that as well. Mm. Um, anything else? Uh, I mean, no. The the la- the final scene is pretty pretty amazing. So I, I I would say give it a watch. Okay. Uh, did you get uh, get around to anything else? No, I was very busy this week. Yeah. Cool. I was gonna watch game night. Game night. I was oh, slightly thinking about it. Did, did you listen to the last episode? No. no? I, I know you said that you want to see it, right? Yeah, you should hear my review on it. So it's interesting. I'll check it out. Okay. Uh, you got anything, Shovel? Yeah, I watched. Uh, just forgive me while I mail this one in. Uh, <laughs> I watched one movie, and it was a documentary. And I don't know what the fuck came over me to watch this one, but I did. And it was uh, it's called Abacus, Small Enough to Jail. Is up for best doc, right? Yeah, uh, I know, I know what you're talking about. It was like one of the the docs up for best doc that you like most likely wouldn't watch, like the least interesting sounding one. Oh, it's fucking called Abacus, <laughs> like, which I didn't know what the fuck that was. I didn't know it was about Chinese people, uh, but it is. <laughs> so. This is the synopsis. Uh, it's kind of vague, but a small financial institution called Abacus becomes the only company criminally indicted. Oh, I know indicted. what this is. It's about the bank yeah. in Chinatown, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. The only company criminally indicted in the wake of the United States 2008 mortgage crisis. So, interestingly enough, this to this day is the only bank that the government went after. And the crazy, I'll get into it. It's like it, a family-owned bank or something. Yes, it's like a family-owned bank. It's it's owned by uh, Thomas Sung, Sung, and he. Uh, it's like a family-owned bank. His wife runs it with him. His daughters are like the CEOs and shit. And his he has like three daughters, I think, or four. I can't remember if there was one that just wasn't in there. Uh, but they're like these daughters like grew up like in America, I think, and like maybe grew up in like Connecticut or something. But they have a fucking head on their shoulders and. Basically, the story of this bank is... I should mention this is directed by Steve James, which is acclaimed for documentary film work. Uh, but this story is... It doesn't sound interesting, but when you think about it, 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 it is because uh, during the, the... If you're not familiar with the 2008 mortgage crisis, like if you watch like The Big Short, you can get kind of a crash course in it. Um, but uh, to study this in school, actually. Yeah, now you do. When I was in school, oh, no. this didn't happen. No, when I went to history, <laughs> oh. yeah, we had. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, we had a class dedicated to financial like, collapse. This wasn't in our tech, our economics textbooks yeah. in uh, high school because it didn't happen yet. It didn't happen. Uh, damn, we're old. That's fucking. That crazy. just dated all of us. Just we were living know. through it. Yeah, we were. We were actually <laughs> living through it before we knew it. Um, but basically all the big banks, you know, you got JP Morgan, you got Wells Fargo, Chase, all these fucking huge banks did crimes on like massive levels and they literally couldn't prosecute them because they're, you've heard this term before, too big to fail. Uh, basically you take down a bank that size, you're going to do major harm to the economic GDP of the, of the country, right? But little banks and stuff, you can. And uh, the f- crazy thing about this was there's probably a million banks across the world who did a lot worse and more, but they never got flagged. Uh, this bank got flagged by some, like, they found some, like, criminal working in their uh, their loan department. 
And they did the right thing. They, they like, turned them in, and they were the victims, right? And this is the story where the police take the victims and then make them the uh, the people they're prosecuting. So they, they flipped it on them, and it was really fucked up what they did. And uh, this movie interviews both sides a little bit. You can tell the the film itself is on the same... It's, I think it's on the side of the bank, the family-owned bank. You spend more time with them. You get more of their side of the story. But you actually get quite a bit of the uh, the DA who prosecuted him. You also get some of the jury. This was a five-year trial. That's like bigger than OJ, isn't it? No, I'm just kidding. I don't think it's bigger than OJ, but uh, <laughs> five years for this bullshit. That like they did nothing. Like their their uh, loan like uh, policy rate was like nine out of three thousand, which is <clears throat> they said it was in the lowest bracket of banks in America. Like they, there's a lot of shit to like try to remember about this movie that I can't and like numbers and like what they did and didn't do right and. Uh, but that's not important. Uh, th- at the moral of the story, it's this is the New York government literally bullying a minority group. And um, this movie opened my eyes to Chinese people a little bit. And does this sound like a movie that you might almost shed a tear over? The name is Abacus, so I mean, at this point... I no, right? But I, I, <laughs> I got super emotional at the end, and I think this movie really works. Um... It, it, it's insane. Like what they fucking, uh, there was this, they went to the loan department and arrested everyone and made them walk chained up. Like they're like the first scene of Django Unchained. Really? That's and like they, the, the fucking attorneys were like, could you imagine if that was a black bank? Like yeah. to be treated that way. They only did this because the Chinese were, were seen as weak, you know, and you could prey upon them without, any repercussions you do that shit with like other minority groups you know the yeah black versus white is way more in the uh in the open discussion than it is white people attacking chinese people so yeah. this movie shows the resilience of like the chinese community in chinatown and it was actually really eye-opening um i think it's it's a really good documentary I uh, don't know what what else to say about it. Uh, Did they? Do, so are they like? What's are they okay? I mean, should I, do I spoil it? Uh, I mean, I, I can easily just Google it. Yeah, you could <laughs> spoil real life. <laughs> it is yeah, real life. Right. When you put it that way, uh, yes, they're okay. They come out the other end as, but they that trial like took it out of them. Like the the owner of the bank was seventy five. Now he's eighty, but like his his health decreased because of the my stress. good years, dude. He 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 put up a fucking fight, man. And uh, I don't want to get political, but uh, dude, they're all the people that thought they were guilty. Back me up on this, guys. Do you ever see someone on TV, maybe on Fox News? And I'm sorry if anybody watches Fox News. And don't apologize. Subscribe. Yeah, I'm gonna. I, I just want to say what I'm gonna say. There's like a certain way that they talk. People who are on the conservative side who are against this bank. And the jury, there's like four out of like, I can't remember how many jurors that were, uh, they were saying they were guilty. There's a look in their eyes that's like, 
I don't know how to explain it, but you can tell just by the way they talk who they are. Shitty people. I, I can't. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. I'll have to show you guys another time. Can't do it on a, a podcast. But uh, it's not that they're shitty people. You could tell their lack of, com- you could see the lack of compassion in their eyes. And, and it's not just in this situation. They're just, their very being lacks compassion. And uh, you could smell it on them. They showed one juror who was like this blonde girl, and she's just like, you know, they kind of talk like this with this condescending face, you know? Like, I can't explain this shit, guys, but I'm I'm very passionate about this. Um, you want to fight some uh, some uh, some injustice. I get it. Nah, not really. But uh, either way, this is a really solid watch. I believe it was on uh, Amazon. And, uh Yeah. It's 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 quite emotional. I think you you learn a lot about Chinatown. You learn a lot about how their community functions, how their culture in America works, and uh, it's pretty dope. Cool shots of like restaurants and them eating at like dim sum places and shit. I would say check this uh, this doc out. It's definitely worth a, a watch. Cool. But I don't like rating docs. Okay, you don't have to. There's no pressure. I'm not gonna yeah, judge you. That's fine. Rating docs is hard for me. You uh, you get what you get. You're not constructing a narrative a lot of the times, especially with a story like this. He literally just filmed the trial. But I I I would say that there is a presentation, and sometimes it's sure. not always the Good, best. Good, right? Yeah. yeah, you're right on that. So it's, you can rate it on presentation. If I rate it on presentation, maybe a four, mm-hmm. out of five. Yeah, that's not bad. Like I think uh, we were talking about Icarus once, and I like the I like the structure of that um, documentary. But the story, I'm not that crazy about. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not crazy about this story either. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Good watch, though. Good watch. Free not, on Amazon? Yeah, not. Yeah, it's it's uh, streaming. Not boring. I, I turned it on 20 minutes in. And I was like, I'm not sure if I'm going to keep watching this. And then right around the 20-minute mark, it, uh, it gets good. Okay. Got you good. Cool. All right, Harvey, moving along. Do you have anything? Uh, Yeah. I watched uh, two things this week. Um, one of them, I have to say, is a rewatch. Um, although I don't think that I've talked about it on the podcast before. Um, it's uh, Grabbers, which is Grabbers. a... Grabbers. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's courtesy of Shudder. It's oh, a, uh, I've seen Grabbers. Yeah, I think maybe we've all seen Grabbers. Maybe not nope. Shomo, but... No. Shomo definitely hasn't seen it. Um, yeah, it's a British-Irish uh, monster movie about... Uh, these alien creatures that are destroying this little island and killing people. Um, it's worth a watch. I don't want to go into too much detail about it, but um, it's like one of those gems, I believe, one of those uh, horror comedy gems. They're kind of rare, and um, they're always exciting to see. If you're into that sort of thing, I would definitely recommend watching it. Um, yeah, it's definitely one of my favorites of the past few years in that genre. Um the second movie I watched was was a uh, was a hotly debated movie in the uh, Do the Right film lore. Of I know what it is. I know what it is. Oh yeah. Really? You looked at my phone. Yeah, it's uh the Big Sick. Oh, I watched the Big Sick. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I would say Oak Jaws more highly debated. No. Maybe, but no. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna watch Oak Jaws. So <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. Um, we'll see. Yeah. Um. I feel like this has been talked about maybe two or three times on the podcast already, so I'm not going <laughs> to go into too much detail about the, what the film's about. I think we all know. Kumail's, uh 
Pakistani man who uh, falls in love with a white girl named Emily. Um, it's a interracial relationship, which already comes with its set of problems. Yeah. But uh, on top of that, you throw in uh, Emily going into a um, coma, a coma, which makes it an even more complicated love story. Um, I thought this movie was really interesting. Um, it's really weird to think that this actually happened in his life with him and his uh wife. His, his wife, yeah. It's um. I've read that it's only forty percent true. Yeah, I thought I thought that would that seems like a an accurate number because um while I was watching it there were things that I was like it, it couldn't happen like this, um, <laughs> but yeah I think the things that I liked, um, I liked uh, the comedy first of all. Um, it didn't seem very um, I don't know. A lot of the jokes weren't PC, I guess I could say. Um, that made me happy because a lot of times, the, I don't know, like romantic comedies, they can uh, they can feel a little bit too unnatural and a bit too um, cookie cutter and uh, just too pleasant. But I think um, we've come to expect a little bit more from a Judd Apatow produced mm-hmm. uh, romantic comedies and shit like that. So I think the comedy was pretty great and I chuckled a few times. Um, I think the acting is re- really solid. Well, to a degree. Yeah. Kumail is, um, I think he's good at playing himself. And I think this is a version of himself. Yeah. Um, I think he does that on pretty much everything he's been in. Um, even though, it works. I think, I think Silicon Valley is still my favorite thing he's in though. Yeah. It, 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 it Silicon Valley doesn't require a lot of emotion from him, him or anything like that. I feel like this movie did require some emotion. And, um, I don't know, a few of those scenes were kind of hit or miss with me. I agree. Um, he just always has an ex- this expression on his face. I can't really explain it. It's like a shady and grin. He, that, that is exactly he has that, because he has that same uh, character exactly outlooks in and like, it, uh, and it Portlandia. Works. Yeah. It works <laughs> a majority of the time for a comedic scene, but yeah. like when it's a heavy emotional scene, like you can kind of see it, and it, like, yeah. it kind of pulls you out yeah, of it. It definitely detracts from uh, some of his emotional scenes. So I thought that uh, those scenes didn't really land home as, as they should have with me, and I think that could have made um, things a little bit better. Um, the balancing between that comedy and the um, the emotion, um, I think that would have made it a little bit better. Um, I do like Ray Romano's performance a lot. Um, he's probably my favorite thing about this movie. Yeah, he has some. Yeah. Um, he has some of the best. He has the best yeah. shit in that fucking movie. You, you go on the internet and they hate Forrest Gump. Yeah. Like, <laughs> great fucking. Movie. That was a pretty good. That was a pretty good line. He because uh, it sounds like such a dad thing to say. Like everything he says is like the most dad thing yeah. you will ever hear. Yeah, he. Uh, he was definitely funny. I think you expect Ray Romano to be pretty funny, but he also had some uh, pretty emotional scenes in this as well. Um, some things, some dark things that you're not necessarily accustomed to seeing from uh, from Everybody Loves Raymond. It was it was it was cool to see, and uh, it's nice to see him doing something with some some range to it. Um, Holly Hunter was also great. I uh, thought that she could have been utilized a little bit more. She's a really great actor. I like her a lot. Um, and I think, um, I don't know, for a woman whose daughter is uh, on the verge of dying, I think, um, you know, we could have, they could have explored that a little bit more. Um, she could have been a bit more distraught. She, there's some scenes with her, like, freaking out, uh, specifically on a dude, um, like, misplacing her uh, grief. I think it could have been done a little bit differently but um i don't know i i'm not really mad at uh what they did with their character 
Um, I also like the way it explored interracial relationships. Um, that's been done time and time again in in movies, but um, I think Sean actually mentioned uh, about uh, we've seen Muslims and um, and uh, fuck, Western. I lost my yeah, I lost Western my train of thought. Girls. But yeah, Aziz Ansari has explored this in uh, Master of None uh, dating uh, in a Muslim family and um, their expectations for what your life should be uh especially when it comes to dating and marriage and um i don't know he and uh kumel kind of going against the grain against their families and dating white women and not really uh bowing to their to their uh traditions and, and culture and um i thought it was done in some interesting ways in this that i hadn't really seen in uh on master of none so i appreciated that uh that new shit what else do i want to say um, it's, I don't know, this movie's, I thought it was pretty good. It, it does some different things that I could really appreciate. And, um, you typically see it a romantic comedy. Uh, when you see a romantic comedy, the two lovers are generally together for like a good chunk of the movie. And I thought this was an interesting movie because Zoe Kazan is like in a movie in a coma for most of this fucking movie, but yeah. somehow it still works. And I, I don't know really how they did that. Uh, they focused on um, the families of these two characters and um, really diving into um, how her family and her upbringing and culture are like kind of clashing with um, with her uh, boyfriends. I thought um, that was an interesting way to do it. I mean, they did it in real life, so I guess uh, <laughs> it was an interesting way to do it in real life. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about anymore, it. but it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Um, See that, guys? Score? It wasn't so hard All to right, say let me ask you movie. something, though. <laughs> when this movie came out, it was like on the top of everybody's top ten list, best it of the make year. mine, and I liked No, it. I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about like the critics and a lot of like a lot of magazines and stuff. They were saying like one of the best comedies in years. I just think. It was nominated for a fucking Oscar. Yeah. I still think it. Um, I still think it's worthy. I think at the time it came out, it was pretty damn good. We didn't get a lot of great movies in yeah. there. I mean, it came out last year. I think it's pretty. No, I good. mean, like up, like top. They didn't make top ten lists that much at the end of the year. It's like it was a working. I don't know, if you, top if you 10 do a Google list. search of best movies of last year, that's like up there. Yeah, it, yeah, it's still up there. I think um, it's a. I think it's a great movie. It's I don't believe, top twenty. I think. Yeah, I don't believe that it's a, a top ten movie of 2017. I don't think it's. Um, I don't know if it's worthy of an Oscar or an Oscar nomination. I don't know. But um, I, I enjoyed it. I had fun with it. Um, I didn't laugh as much as I thought I would. But as a as a whole, I think um, I think it was, a, it was a really good movie. I think I, part of my enjoyment of this was seeing it at a packed theater. I think people like... Uh, yeah, I, that definitely helps. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that helps with all comedies. I don't laugh nearly as much as when I'm in the movies and um, other people are laughing around you. That shit's contagious. Um, but yeah, I think overall, I would give this a three and a half. Cool. I think it's a pretty good movie. What did you give it, Shomo? Four? I think four, yeah. I think we all gave it a three and a half, right? Uh, I, gave it like a, I gave it a three. Oh, I'm yeah. surprised you can give it a two, you jerk. No, like I said, in my review, I said I liked it, but I, I just don't see yeah. what the craze about this the movie craze, was. I, I guess it's like Master of None, but like, I think this is a little bit different because it's a, a film where you get to be grounded <clears> in for a long period of time, whereas Master of None is like anecdotes. You know? Yeah, I get it. I like Kumal. Yeah. yeah. There's also like some shit that happens like in the third act 
and especially around the ending. I don't believe it probably I don't know if it happened like this in real life, but I don't know. It was a pretty weak ending in my opinion. Um Yeah. The third act been especially the, the very last scene. This, this yeah. movie to me the is last scene is, last scene yeah. is really bad. That that could have really gone bad. I, I think I mentioned there was like a couple <coughs> tropes that like kept this from being a great movie for me. But uh I think uh I think the movie for me was carried by uh his relationship with, with her parents. I, I think any any time I was with them I was just having a great time. Yeah. Yeah. Um got anything else? No, that's it for me. All right. Oh, Sean's I'll two weeks removed. He's about to fucking dump. No, I'm just load. gonna talk about one movie. Is um, it the only important movie? What do I have? I know something you watched. I don't have notes on any, but I'll I did one rewatch, Eagle vs. Shark. My girlfriend's never seen it. Um, she loved it a lot. She said to herself, how come I haven't seen this movie before? Um, we've all seen this, right? Yeah, yeah but like, nope. no, no one else has seen it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a really it. good fucking movie. Yeah, it's great. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, it. It's good. It's real good. Don't Did worry. you say it's on your uh, you you taste.io recommendation? I remember you telling me that. You, you like showed me an image. I was like, yeah, you should watch it. I saw that. Uh, holds up. Still very funny. Um, I also watched Game Over Man. It's the new Workaholics uh, guys doing a movie for Netflix. It's not it's not related to Workaholics, but it's in the vein of the same humor, same dynamic that they have going on. And um, I liked it. I thought it was funny. It, it it's it's along the lines of like Hot Tub Time Machine, but uh, there's a lot of laughs there. There's some mm. really good cameos like Steve-O. Steve-O's in there. The fuck? Donald Faison. Um, uh, Action Bronson has a good scene as well. It's on Netflix. I would say if you guys just want something easy to watch and get some good laughs, check it out. Um, I guess I'll talk mainly about The Square. I actually sat down. Now, this is, this I'm is a, the hot take. I'm a bit removed from this movie. Oh, it's been like two, oh, like solid two weeks. But uh, I sat down and watched Square. This is a long fucking movie this movie's like like feels long it's long length it's it's almost well, three hours yeah but american honey doesn't feel long no i mean this movie doesn't really feel long but if you look at the runtime it's long um the square i think we kind of all how'd you watch it it's on hulu for free yeah. yeah it's it's a limited release on hulu apparently um so the square it it's a swedish movie from uh what's his name uh the guy who did force majeure uh, Ruben Oslin, and this guy's known for Force Majeure, which got nominated for like a bunch of cons awards a couple of years ago, and I was a big fan of that. Um, watching this movie, I didn't even know this was the same director, but he wrote and directed this movie as well, The Square, and this is he did this like right after he did that film, and this The Square got a lot of awards last year. I don't I don't think you guys understand how many nominations this fucking movie got. Like every festival played at, it was nominated for like Best Picture. Which is insane. It was, it was up for best foreign. Yeah, it was. I'm surprised it didn't win. Um, a bullshit movie one, but anyways, that's a different <laughs> Which topic. I predicted. Yeah, I know. Somehow, but uh, I would say this movie should have won. Um, it's a satire. It's not. It's it dives into a bit of like surrealism, but it's more of a satire. And essentially, the movie is about this guy who who's like the curator of this like parody of like museums such as like MoMA, Dia Beacon. Museum, museums of that nature and it centers around this um, release of this new exhibit called The Square and the audience doesn't really understand what the ex- uh, exhibit is they explain it like there's a quote about the presentation of it and it's uh, I'll read it to you The Square is a sanctuary of trust and care and within it 
within it, we all share equal rights and obligations. And essentially, I feel like the, that line is, it plays into the plot of the movie. And essentially, this movie just boils down to certain confrontations that test human behavior. There's a scene where the main character, he goes back to, um, what's her name, Elizabeth Moss? Is that her name? Yeah, yeah, Elizabeth Moss's uh, apartment, and they're about to get it on. And in the next room, <laughs> in the next room, the doors open, and he sees an ape walk by, and she has a pet ape in her apartment, and he's like staring at this thing while she's like getting ready for uh, sex. And the there's no there's no dialogue or anything, and there's just an ape sitting there putting on lipstick. <laughs> it's, it's the weirdest thing, <laughs> but the story it's pretty grounded. Sounds good with, with all that. Um, there's some. Like I said, it's just there's scenes that just have confrontations, and they're just awkward to watch. And it has that famous scene everybody has seen in the trailers and the poster. The ape yeah. scene. The yeah, the guy uh, Terry Notary, who's like done all like the apes and um, Planet of the Apes. Um, the so, ape guy. Yeah, so he he's like a I believe he's like a body coach, and in this movie he he he's part of like one of the exhibits, and there's a banquet scene where he's pretty much like provoking everyone at the at the banquet and. It goes a bit too too far, and that seems like fifteen minutes long, and it's so awkward to watch. There's I don't I don't want to give too much away, but because it's too much, it's do you at think the that end. Scene was scripted, or do you think he was just? I I, I heard that his some of the hit, the movements he does is unscripted. He had a, but I know that the the scene was filled with just extras that didn't have a lot of direction. So I would imagine that. A lot well, of stuff. A lot of improvised. people probably didn't know. What Dude, the that'd fuck be great if I was a director. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, you guys are having dinner. Just have dinner and like, is like, but don't tell them that's gonna fucking yeah. happen. And there's just a, watch there's that a, there's shit. There's a part in that scene with Dominic West, and he provokes him so much that he runs away. He runs like offset. So I don't know if that's like a part of the film or the story or anything, but it, it seemed pretty believable, and it was kind of hard to watch. Um, but yeah, there's the there's really no plot to this movie. There's like I said, it's just a series of conversations and how far a person would go and there's there's a little bit of like i'd say broad humor in this movie and there are some moments in this movie where i was just fucking laughing very very loud um that was unexpected um but yeah i would recommend this movie it's it's clocking in almost three hours but uh i feel like we should at least everybody should check it out just see what the hype was calm down but uh yeah i did enjoy it um i give it a four out of five nice nice I'm glad to know that there was no disappointments there nah, because uh, I, I thought you know it was, the it was only a little be- bit overhyped. It was uh, the best picture that I looked forward to most, or sorry, best foreign language nominee. Mm-hmm. His other movie's good too. I think Force Majeure. Yeah, I think I like this yeah, it's, more. It's than recommended Force to me on on taste. I think it's on Netflix. I think you can watch on Netflix. Yep. Um, but you know, it requires time, and you know, yeah, don't have it. I guess I'll, that's all I'll talk about. I did watch all this stuff, but I don't remember it too well. Oh. And also, I, w- I should say that uh, you could put uh, three billboards on my tab because I didn't watch it. Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> but you didn't remember, did you? I didn't. <laughs> I'm going to watch it this week, I All promise. Right. Pay up. <laughs> I will. Pay up. Uh, I heard these guys paid up, though, right? Uh, yeah, they're all paid up. I have, I'll listen to it uh, yeah. later. Steve watched Gook and uh, Harvey watched Green Room. and It was a good time. You should have been there. Yeah, yeah. you should have been there. I'll listen to it. But anyways, you guys want to move along? Yeah, let's, uh, let's get into our... Uh, Highly anticipated review. Isles of Dog. Let's take a Wait, listen no, to the clip. It's Isle of Dogs. Isles of Dogs. Isles of Man. It's Isle. <laughs> Isle of Dogs. Here's a clip. The Japanese archipelago. 20 years in the future. 
canine saturation has reached epidemic proportions. An outbreak of dog flu rips through the city of Megasaki. Mayor Kobayashi issues emergency orders, calling for a hasty quarantine. Trash Island becomes an exiled colony. The Isle of Dogs. I don't think I can stomach any more of this garbage. Exactly. Same here. Words out of my mouth. Nobody's giving up around here, and don't you forget it, ever. You're Rex. You're King. You're Duke. You're Boss. I'm Chief. We're a pack of scary, indestructible alpha dogs. Isle of Dogs, directed by Wes Anderson, starring Brian Cranston, Koyu Rankin, Edward Norton, Liv Schreiber, Greta Gerwig, Bill Murray. Um, just the whole ensemble of Wes Anderson's um, collaborators. Yeah. Uh, the plot synopsis reads, In the future, an outbreak of canine flu leads the mayor of a Japanese city to banish all dogs to an island that's a garbage dump. The outcast <laughs> must soon embark on an epic journey when a 12-year-old boy arrives on the island to find his beloved pet. Um, that, that's a pretty good synopsis, actually. Yeah. Usually these are whack. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, Steve, you want to go in? Yeah, I guess. Jump in. What did you think of Olive Dogs? Um, so I, I guess I'll start with this. Uh, I have no notes. I watched it yeah, like this morning, either. like early this morning. Oh, yeah? Uh, Where'd you see it? Uh, Union Square. Oh, I was playing there? I didn't know that. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty easy. One train. Jump cool. on, jump off. Uh, and I texted you guys at one point. I'm just like, I'm like, for some reason, I'm not excited to watch this movie. I don't know what it is. Maybe it was just like oversaturated, like just watching the trailer over and over again. And then I get into the theater and, you know, start watching it. And there's elements I do like, but overall, I'm pretty, I'm pretty just like meh about it. Like, I feel like it just didn't leave me with anything other than like, I don't know. I think I'm suffering from Wes Anderson fatigue. Well, that's the problem. You should have never let yourself fucking I'll talk about it. My never mind. Yeah. I just I'm think I'm just right now I, I don't know, man. I watched this movie. Like it's not it's not I would say this is not a bad movie. And there's elements I definitely do like. I love the art. I love especially like this this animation, the stop motion. That's like my jam. <laughs> especially, Sorry you know, Especially for my like, oh, like other films that do this a lot, like Paranorman and you know, uh, you know, Kubo. Like I love that kind of style, that artwork, and how the way they make these movies. But it's just like overall, I'm just, I'm just like, okay, it was like I watched that movie, and isn't that what happens with every movie? Though? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I guess when you look just, at, I'm it, asking like, for you to be more specific. I don't know. Like what do you want from me? No, I, I, just, I just don't like. What are you? What are you saying? What did you expect? What didn't you get? What, what do you got? From I don't know. It's just like another Wes Anderson movie, and that's the thing that kind of just fucking movies are another Wes Anderson movie. Yeah, but at least like sometimes it's like Grand Budapest. It's like this like it was so grand in scale, and like there I don't know. This movie just I didn't laugh as much as I usually do. I just the story was kind of like lukewarm. Like, I don't know, it just didn't do anything for me. I literally left the movie theater feeling the same exact way. I was just like, oh, that, that was good. Hmm. And that's it. Like, it's so hard to describe this weird feeling of just, like, just not caring. And I think that's what it all comes down to. I just, I was like, okay, that movie happened. It's because you don't like animals. I don't think it has just nothing kidding. to do with just that. Kidding. And I mean, I would say, I would say, like, of course, like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm pretty just whatever about this movie. It's weird to say. I'm, I'm probably going to be completely... I, I feel like everyone else is going to be like on this movie's like shit. Everyone's like, oh my, this is amazing. 
This is best work yeah. yet. It's getting obviously great reviews. Yeah, but it's just like and but the thing is, it's like not there's elements that do work. Like again, like the art is phenomenal. It's like the, the it's just like the production, everything that goes into making his movies, what his movies are, are amazing. You know, it's just the story is my, my issue and the story didn't leave me with anything and that's my biggest complaint, which sucks because I feel like usually I think that's where he shines the most, especially with dialogue too. The dialogue wasn't like, I don't know, it just didn't have that same punch that I'm used to like with his other films. I don't know if, it, okay. I don't know if I regard Wes Anderson as a... All right, are you done? Yeah, Should I, go I mean, yeah, I'm just like initial impression. What did you there. think, Shomo? All right. What did the Japan expert think? <laughs> yeah. Was it accurate? Yeah. Did they pick, uh, they pick dogs and cats right in Japan? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, so I'm not the biggest fan of Wes Anderson. Um, yeah. I Like if I had to rate him, <laughs> he'd be like a three and a half for me. I do like his movies and I, I appreciate the ability to carve yourself out like that. To have such a style, a style like where you, it's so defined that it's like people it's, will it's like notice a mile away. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I, I actually think this is some of his better work. Really? Yeah, because I love Bottle Rocket. I think that was one of the more fun movies to watch. But like, I, I like Moonrise Kingdom and Grand Budapest Hotel. But those movies have less emotion than Isle of Dogs. I think. Yeah, and and I think this this movie kind of feels like a kids movie. I don't know if it was marketed that way. It did. It looks like kids wouldn't like it, but it it kind of feels like a kids movie while you're watching it. Like the, the yeah. story, and the story's simple. Like it, it's kind of just like like Coco, you know. Yeah. Go on a journey to fun. You know, it 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 reminded me a lot of Coco in that regard. And then it's filled with like the Wes Anderson hipster dialogue, like catchiness, the snappiness yeah. that you get from his. And uh, but he, all his characters in all his films feel sterile to me. Yeah. And I don't mean like killing of a sacred deer sterile. I just mean like he's he's like performing an act. Yeah. And all his movies kind of do that. Like um, a good example of that is like the Life Aquatic. I, yeah. I don't think. I mean, that, every movie he's done is a good example. That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's part but, of his. But you know, some style. movies more harsh than others. I think Life Aquatic is a good example. But, um, and I think this movie uh, popped just enough for me to be entertained. And I don't know. I don't. I can't say that I expected to. I don't think this is a bad movie because. Um, or a below average movie because like I didn't expect to be emotionally taken aback by this, and uh, because none of his films do that to me, I'm sorry. I have to sneeze. I thought you were about to cry. Yeah, it's I thought a, you were about to cry, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the first. The first. We're like, what the fuck's See, this is the right only now? Wes Anderson I'm sorry. movie. <laughs> this is the only Wes Anderson movie that made me cry. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think this movie works. I think it it does what it intends to do. I think the story is simple for like all ages to watch. Uh, yeah. I think it's I think kids are like some of the the goofiness to it. I think adults are like some of the witty. I liked it, the the ear decapitation scene. Yeah, stuff like Shows that. Great. It's it's kind of self realized too, and I think the animation is beautiful. I, I love the production. Uh, design and like there were shots of like them standing on a trash mound with yeah. the sunset 
I thought it was fucking gorgeous looking. Yeah, that's a, it's a beautiful movie to say at least. Like the the blood, sweat, and tears that went into that is like it's astounding. Yeah, I on, think on that level, I think uh, if you focus on the story, just the dogs, I think it's it's I think it's emotionally there. It's really good. The human side, it's not. But I think that's what's interesting. I think they were the idea was to to stay in the. Uh, if, yeah, I think maybe if they just didn't focus on the human side at all, and maybe I just think, focus. I, I don't think they did though. I think they did pretty good at staying with the dogs. Yeah, um, and I, I like the character arc with Brian Cranston's dog. Uh, yeah, Duke or whatever, boss, chief, chief. Sorry, <laughs> Damn, you like? <laughs> I don't know the dog names. Right, they're all. But uh, I think it was a a cute little movie. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I think. Um, yeah, there were some times where I I felt some emotion, but overall, I mean, you know, and I, I feel like I feel like like for me, like if we're gonna talk about like his work, that's like kind of similar. To that if you have to compare it, is like Fantastic Mr. Fox, which I fucking adore. I love that movie. It's just way funnier to me. I think it just works on so many more levels. Yeah, I haven't seen it for so. me. So yeah, if you yeah, I would say like if you ever have, a, I doubt you go see it out of your way, but if you ever do have Maybe a moment. I think uh, you watch that and then watch this and then you kind of have that comparison where it's like, you know, just I don't know his his attention to detail though on like the the Japanese city and stuff was really good in this and uh, obviously I don't know if he he didn't do all this on his own but uh, I think uh, I think it's a fun little movie when you consider that it was swimming in a sea of the shit we've been watching yeah. It's like you know. It's like yeah. It was like a like what they call it, safe harbor. Like you're like oh something there. I could recommend this to normal people. Like just everyone. If this comes on Netflix, I think people are gonna get a kick out of it. Like you don't have to be. This is a very ex- accessible Wes Anderson movie, and that's one of my biggest problems with Wes Anderson movies. Is a lot of times they aren't accessible. Mm-hmm. Like you can't show a normal person the life aquatic. I like you just can't. Like a normal who, person, just someone who like lot, likes simple, entertaining narratives. Yeah, like, I'm sorry, but Life Aquatic, you can't show them. And uh, this movie is in the is the opposite. I think you can show this to anybody, and I like that about it. Yeah. Okay, Harvey. Hello. Um, well, Harvey's got the hot take now. You just woke up. I was. Um, yeah, no, he's I was, drifting. I was actually reading an article, but. Uh. Oh, yeah, fuck. I was listening. I was listening to what you guys were saying. <laughs> you I was, me? I was, no, I was multitasking. <laughs> that shit was great. He's like, yeah. well, I was in the middle of reading. I was reading and I was listening. I was doing both. Superpowers. Um, but yeah, I've gathered so far that Steve thought it was meh, and that you thought it was uh, cute, good, and funny, and it had more emotion than Steve is giving credit for. Um, yeah, I would say I'm leaning much more on the side of uh, Thomas. Oh yeah, uh, oh, yeah probably yeah. even Ooh, more bring so. In. Bring um, it in. Because I um I love this movie quite a bit. Um, really, you love? Like, I, I'm, all right, I'm, I'm like, about, let's I'm talk between, about love because I'm, there's different levels of I'm, love. I'm between liking a lot and loving. I mean, like, would you time. would you put a ring on this? I mean, I don't love it like I love a. a all right, so like you would love a human, but I love it about as much as so you would. You would take it on a couple of dates, and you you know it won't be a serious relationship, but it is a relationship. Look, at that. Steve, you can love objects and and pieces of art. Yeah, without definitely. having it. I love pizza, but I would never fuck it. Yeah. Well, Chill, no, really? Not true. Anyway, <laughs> I'll talk about uh, this movie now. Um, yeah. So this kid Atari, he um, 
He loses his best friend, which happens to be his guard dog, um, Spots. 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 And um, yeah, so he takes a uh, a miniature turbo prop <laughs> plane and he goes to Trash <laughs> Island to find his dog. I can't even talk about it without laughing and smiling. I like this fucking movie so much. But um, yeah, he meets a um, a little group of uh, alpha male dogs that are just the the funniest fucking disgusting looking but beautiful at the same time mutts that are um helping him to find his dog because what does a um a dog love the most a 12 year old boy this movie is great i don't understand how steve didn't like it but um it, i didn't say i didn't like it i just said it just it's, you said like, it was mad it was like it was just like, like it let no me, like, let me do my review steve stop interrupting meh. Um, no, nah, I'm gonna talk mad shit now. I'm gonna interrupt all fucking the rest of the show. You guys fucking got okay. me started. Okay, listen. <laughs> all right, it's um, listen. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of emotion, but it's on the side of the dogs, which is very interesting. Um, people have these relationships with their pets, and um, generally we kind of um, love them, but it, it's a very um we view it as like a one-sided thing because dogs can't necessarily talk. In this movie, we give, Steve, Wes Anderson gave uh, these dogs a voice and it's um, really interesting to um, hear them talk about like the uh, good old days. That was um, some of my favorite scenes. They need to talk about um, a kind of a dog's role and um, how their lives were so great and they had these masters that took care of them and... Um, yeah, it's just it's interesting to hear them reminiscing about the old days as this, as if it's like a point of like a nostalgia and, and um, lost love for them. Um, so they devote everything to helping this little boy find his um, his dog again, mm-hmm. because I don't know. In a, in a way, even if they can't make it back to uh, Megasaki, at least they can take part in this adventure and make themselves. Um, worthwhile to a, a human again to a master again and um i don't know there's there's a fucking beauty in that that um you gonna me, cry too it made me <laughs> i mean i don't know this movie was a lot more emotional than i expected it to be um and it's not just because i don't know i love dogs so much but i think even if i don't know you're a dog hating person i think i don't know there's a, an emotion in that that you can't really deny um but yeah it's also a very funny movie um in its in its own way it's um i don't know I, somebody mentioned that his movies are sterile i don't know which one you mentioned i i said this this movie is well all right yeah i said his movies are kind of sterile and this is on the upper end where it didn't feel sterile like most of his movies yeah um yeah and i know what you're talking about and i think uh i think there's a there's a degree of uh I don't know, sterility. Is yeah, it's like word. his style. But yeah, there's definitely a degree there, but I think it's because he's just so fucking good at what he does that, I don't know, everything comes together so perfectly and it seems just way too organized and too structured. Um, and I think that there's definitely a level of, um, I don't know, just highbrow fucking really good comedy and really good filmmaking here, but there's also like a different side where he'll drop... Well, where he'll like end the joke and the punchline is the dog puking. So I think there's, um, I don't know, there's like a duality <laughs> of sneezing. shit here. Yeah, I think, yeah, and there's like the constant sneezing. There's like a, I don't know, there's like a duality to to his comedy that uh, 
Yes. I found really great. There's a lot of subtle, just sharp-witted humor that you expect from Wes Anderson, but at the same time, he also allowed the film to be very wacky and silly because, I mean, it is a... Yeah, it's a ridiculous it's a, Yeah, it's a stop-motion movie about dogs. Um, so I, I loved that aspect of it, and the comedy was really on point for me. And um, I love the visuals, not even the... Um, not even the stop stop motion itself, but also I don't know the, the the cinematography was also just great. I love the um I don't know, there's like a thing, like a duality. I mentioned that earlier, but there's like this uh I don't know I don't know how to describe it, but he has uh, this way of dis- like uh structuring frames so that everything is like perfectly balanced and yeah, um, yeah, looks, you yeah. can yeah, you can see like things on two different planes and they're always equal. And he like does the, this cool stuff where he'll like he'll he'll Pull in, and then it'll pull back, and you'll you'll get an additional thing in the frame. Yeah, and yeah, push yeah. Back in. yeah. There's yeah. I, there's a specific, specifically a scene like that when a, a woman walks in or a little girl walks into the bar, and she's like talking to the female scientist. There's a scene like that, and that reminded me a lot of like old like uh, Kurosawa um, mm-hmm. movies. Um, so it was interesting. That I think he, I'm pretty sure he took some. Um, Definitely. Yeah. A lot of Japanese influence here. Yeah. He's, for he's, how, uh, he's 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 said that he's a big fan of Kurosawa. Yeah. Not all of his films. Yeah, I think that comes through in like the um framing that I was talking about. Um like seeing like all that balancing and uh, yeah, just perfectly balanced. And like the uh the surgery scene too, that one. There's just some <laughs> great fucking uh cinematography in this and uh I don't know. There's so much greatness in this movie. I'm, I'm just uh, really disappointed in Steve. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, My the, biggest it's, point. It's funny that you mentioned what? that the um, Kurosawa thing. It's also cool to note that this is the longest uh, stop motion movie ever made. Which is yeah, strange, fucking, right? yeah, it felt. Yeah, you can definitely feel it. Yeah. It, yeah. it has like I think it's longer. Well, it is long. It's probably one of his longest movies too. Yeah, like, I, I would. I, I would say. I would say so. What's right? the runtime? It's, it's two hours and. Oh no, no maybe not. No, it it feels like long. It's like only a hundred hundred minutes. Just like what? Well, yeah, it's true? long. Like the, imagine how long that takes to make. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, I know I texted you guys my review a little bit early. Uh, I well, I texted uh, Sean and Steve. Um, I was sure. disappointed with this movie. Uh, very disappointed actually. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Um, I do say I I do agree with you one hundred percent about the cinematography. The uh. It's not motion. It's probably the most I think, divisive review yet. Oh, yeah. I think there's some right innovative now. things going on there with stop motion that Wes Anderson pulled off. Even so, compared to like Fantastic Mr. Fox, which I'm a bit more of a fan of in terms of story. Um, but I think the story in this movie, I didn't understand at all. Like, I understand there's some kind of sentimentality there with the dogs and the human characters that uh, also, you know project that towards their love of dogs but i think compare this movie compared to like his other stuff even just like grounded narrative stuff that he's done this movie wraps up too tight of a bow towards the end and kind of pissed me off it's a kid's movie Whoa, what the? <laughs> it pissed you off it's yeah a kid's movie. like there, it's there's there's there it's not really a kid's movie it's, it's structured like one uh, like, it's like I mean, coco uh, I don't know. There's this th- is the, it's not like Coco. It's structured like a kids movie, but it's, it's done yeah. like an adult. There was like yeah. a row of kids was, in front of me, and 
they they were out of it within the first five minutes. Yeah, after that, you they could were, tell. Really, I, I was in a packed yeah, theater at like done. eleven o'clock, and yeah, you can hear the kids in the back. Because like, first of all, yeah, they're speaking Japanese, and so you have to read the subtitles a lot. Of sometimes times. there are no subtitles. Sometimes there are no subtitles. Yeah. Oh, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I would say actually, you know, but I, I would applaud Wes Anderson for that though. Like that's the one thing I really did like about this movie is that is that detail of like having all the Japanese characters speak Japanese. Having like, uh, and I love the beginning part where he's just like, and all, all the dogs, all barks have been <laughs> translated into. English. This is a good. This is a good movie for like twelve I think year olds. I think that's the biggest laugh I got in the whole movie when I was reading that shit. I, w- I couldn't this appreciate this at twelve years old either. I don't, no, you no, couldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. No. This, this the would way this narrative it. structure is not for kids at all. I would say it's it's structured like his uh, his other films, kind of like uh, Darjeeling Limited in a way. But I think this movie suffers from something that he's always done, and it doesn't work in this movie, which is uh, the the symbol cast and like. The shifting of uh, point of views from different characters. Uh, there's, I like the humor, especially from um, Jeff Goldblum. Every time he he, he would bring up rumor. a rumor, it's amazing. <laughs> and it's funny too because uh, I read that he um, all of his lines were phoned because he couldn't like go to where London or wherever they did the animation and recording. So it's kind of interesting that he did everything over phone, like all of his lines. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I like the humor, but I think that. Some of the characters that take like a back seat that I was kind of upset of, especially Edward Norton's character. Like I feel like they get lost throughout the movie, and we totally forget about those those uh, those characters. And I was also disappointed with the adventure, the the sense of adventure in this movie. Uh, it only goes so far, and then it boils down to nothing. Especially towards like right before we get to that final act, that grand act, in the uh, towards the end. Um. I would say there's there's compared to like directly compared to Fantastic Mr. Fox, it's a better story when it comes to like fun and adventure. Um, but yeah, overall, I was disappointed. Uh, I went into this movie pretty excited actually, and uh, I was surprised that I was disappointed because I don't know I haven't been this disappointed in a Wes Anderson movie since Moonrise Kingdom. His last movie was pretty good. Um, what else? I, what else I got? I didn't know you didn't like Moonrise Kingdom. What, what do you when I you say like boils down to nothing? Like I don't. I, I feel like the. I, I, the I, I, feel, I feel like the ending was the most rushed aspect of the movie by far. I like it just it just comes to a halt and it just I think it wraps up very in neatly. The, in the auditorium neatly. was was long and and, and and drawn out and like thrilling. And then everything to montages to like a very nice ending, which like uh, a kids know. movie. Coco does the same shit. It's not shit. that much of a kid's my, movie. My auntie moved to... Or I don't know. I'm just <laughs> Yes, please, please continue. <laughs> do it right now. Do they it do that right in every now. Pixar movie. They I want to hear you do that, the, the Mexican happy. accent right now on the fucking podcast. I just realized how, <laughs> yes. how terribly ignorant it would be. But uh, I think all like Pixar movies do that. They'll montage everything into a nice bow at the end. This is why I think this movie feels like a kid's movie. I don't and I like don't this. mind that. I, I think this movie calls for it because it... I don't know. I know what you're talking about with the shift of characters, but I think uh, I think Edward Norton, his character is not there to be in the center. I think he was there to make Chief realize things about himself. I understand that, and there there is a point in the movie where they're they're juggling who's the leader of the group, and eventually it turns out that you know uh, Brian Cranston's character is kind of just the natural leader of that group, and that's how that plays out. But I don't know. I feel like. 
we don't get enough of some of those characters, which in the the first like thirty minutes of the movie were some of my favorite scenes with those guys. That's every West Anderson movie. You never no. get enough of everyone. I don't. Think. I feel like I didn't get enough if you of talk, Ed Norton. If you, if you look at uh, Budapest Hotel, if you, if you look at uh, Darjeeling Limited, every character is well balanced. But there's only like there's not as many though. There's well, yeah, just the three brothers, but like all the flashback scenes are pretty good too. I, mean, I don't know. I think that's completely different. I think that that serves the the story and the plot of Darjeeling Limited better. It's about those those three brothers and the realizations they make about each other yeah. and themselves. Okay, I agree. I don't with think that. everyone. But in if this you movie also look that. at Fantastic Mr. Fox, it's the same. That's a huge cast. That is yeah. a huge cast, and it it all plays and it, they all serve towards like that narrative. Like the it just yeah, but that just works but that, inherently but better many, for me. But I don't know why. But that movie, you have a uh, one character in the title of the movie. The fuck! Don't bring that. <laughs> That's the dumbest shit I ever heard. <laughs> There's a whole colony of fox, and everyone's like in this movie as well. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, this is the Isle of Dogs, and it's about dogs in general. And I know you. I, I think. I think. Uh, what you. What you. Uh, what I got from Brian Cranston's story arc was just enough to make it a. a really it was good no. Movie. I like his arc. Uh, I did. I think he was actually my favorite character. Uh, he was every line he said was like great. I just, like honestly, my least favorite moments were when they shipped it back to like what was it. Uh, was the city? No, Nagasaki. Neg- yeah, Nagasaki. 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 Yeah, those oh, were Nagasaki. those were pretty bad, especially the stuff with the. I, I didn't like those parts. Group. Like, like my favorite moments was like those four dogs bonding, and even when the four dogs weren't there, I just enjoyed uh, Chief the most. I just like his story and how the way. Like, I think one of my another great scene was when they were bonding in the uh, when they got separated from the pack, right? And him and Atari were bonding. I thought well, that was great, you know. All the shit we're saying is, I don't think anything it's positive like is, me and Harvey have to say, or anything negative you and Sean have to say, is really detracting much from the movie. It's no, gonna be, because it's, it's going to be—it's a solid film, like regardless not, of what not, anything. Yeah, you have it's to not going to be like uh, make or break good movie, bad movie. Yeah. I don't think because like we watch bad movies and they're clearly bad. Yeah. Whereas this movie is. Uh, it's just like it's just like literally his just like for me it's not his best work, you know. But for you guys, this is something like that kind of like is just one of his better pieces that he's done. I don't think it's one of his better pieces. I think it's a great movie. Yeah, but I think for it's me, a beautiful movie. Yeah, I, like yeah, it just didn't resonate with me. Visually, and I think, and I think that's just, what it all it comes down to. I think I could watch this on mute and be entertained. I mean, this definitely <laughs> resonated with me. I didn't. Yeah, yeah, it resonated I, I, with for me the record. Too. I love this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bring we, it, put your negativity on me. Hey man, I'm just saying. I didn't. I didn't say. I said you guys enjoyed it. I gave. I said you guys. Yeah, enjoyed it. I just don't think. Uh, like it's weird though because the things we Regardless, like and I feel the like things you guys don't say, like are uh, are so like vague. It's like vague. Uh, like it's just for me. It's like it just honestly. That's what it all boils down to. Like I watched the film. It, it didn't resonate didn't with me. Work for you. It didn't work. It, it didn't resonate. That's the biggest problem. Could be with, ghost stories. Doesn't resonate with me. Maybe I need to rewatch. Yeah, exactly. Story. That's what I'm saying. Like you know that inherently there's a lot of great elements and a lot of good elements in the film, but like just like for me at least the story wasn't there. And there's I, elements that I did enjoy, but not like I everything. I think I know what the problem is. What you guys need to get dogs. Yeah, you guys you need to animals. fall in love with a dog, and then you need to rewatch. I don't know, man. I see that dog needs to die, day. and then you got to rewatch Isle of Dogs. Yeah, I'm seeing a trend here. You guys hate first of all movies, so revisit first, this in like 15 all, years, 16 listen, years, depending on the breed. Listen, man, that's the problem with people. You guys get dogs, <laughs> and you know they're gonna fucking die, and you fucking get them anyway, and it's a terrible cycle. Same Why with girlfriends, you know you're gonna break up. Damn, this is dark. Okay. Don't you have a girlfriend? Yeah, but. Yeah. <laughs> 
I had she don't count. I had a lot of. She's Asian. She will outlive you. And yeah. No, what I'm saying is like I had many girlfriends outdate you that we broke. Like you had to break up with girlfriends to get to this girlfriend. What I'm saying is a lot. If you if you add up all my relationships, only ten per- my hand. only ten percent of them worked. Ten percent. I don't know the fucking math equation there. <laughs> but it has to be a big number to get to ten percent. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm ten like, percent. Like shit. That means you had at least ten. Ten girlfriends. Yeah, maybe. Okay. When you okay. count like okay. middle school. Mr. Big, okay. Mr. Big Baller. My my first girlfriend. Um, but I think uh, fuck. What, I don't even know how we got there or what I was even talking about before. It's one of your fucking long winded like your long winded like explanations. Well, what I'm saying is this story. This movie has a story. I just think whether you choose to grab onto it or not is 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 where what it comes down to. I don't think it's it's poorly done at yeah. all. I would recommend this to someone. Someone's like, "Hey, have you seen Isle of Dogs? Did you enjoy it?" Like, like yeah, you it guys good. don't Go like that it. they keep going back to Megasaki. I thought Megasaki was dope as fuck, and I like spending you time live there. there. No, I just like the the animation and the cool dynamic between the human world and the dog world. I I really liked it. And you yeah. guys wanted only the dog yeah. world. I wanted the dog like. world. Goddamn! I was pretty. I was we'll pretty, watch uh, Secret Life of Pets. Then I was really interested I in the, um, especially the political the political scenes and um, how they were playing there, out. Huh? They were. I don't know. They were kind of acute, I guess. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed that shit. Mm-hmm. Anything else to mention? I think it's still worth watching. Whether mm-hmm. like whether you guys say it's negative, like I think people should see for themselves because there's, yeah. there's there's no clear line here. But that's the think. thing, though. Yeah, like I'm not saying not to go watch this movie. I like if someone was to ask me, should I watch it? I'm like, yeah, it's a good movie. Like overall, you may or may not like it. Yeah, like it's just like for (laughs) me, it just wasn't watch any movie. Yeah, Yeah, like there are some movies that I've I've never told somebody not to watch. There's yeah, there's been times where I'm like, I'm like, don't watch that shit. Like there's been times where I just straight up said like, don't watch it. Yeah, same. Like it's it's not worth your time. Don't put that. Only if I don't like you, then I will tell you to go watch something that's shit. But like this is like, I feel like it could appeal to a lot of people, and it is. I feel like it's. And yeah, so I mean, yeah, it's just you if it doesn't, are in the fucking minority. Whoa, 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 what's that coming from a white guy? All right, that's not what I meant. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah well, I'm saying it's like you that. guys aren't part of the club. You aren't part of the clan. <laughs> <laughs> please bury this hole. <laughs> please bury yourself. You guys want to with drop a, a with, score? With a C, not a K. All right, Harvey, you go drop a score. Um, Give it a five. We know. No, I mean. Give it a six. I mean, it's a uh, four and a half. I think it's a beautiful movie. It resonated with me. It's not only visually beautiful, but I think the story is really great, and it happened to resonate with me. Um, yeah, it's a four and a half for me. Because you like dogs. Cool. That's why. Steve? You love animals. Uh, I give this movie, uh, I think the art direction is stunning. I think the cinematography is great. There's a lot of elements there that I did enjoy. Uh, the story didn't resonate with me, and I just it just didn't hit where I was hoping it was going to go. Well, that's uh, because if you... Motherfucker. If you lived in Megasaki, you would be Give it a three out of five. I think that's what it comes down three to. Three out of five. Yeah. All right, Sean? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm pro-dog. They're anti-dog. That's what the movie comes out <laughs> Yeah, I think that's... I think, I think uh, it dogs in it. I like it. <laughs> well, I'm saying if you're pro-dog, you probably gave this movie a high score if you... Uh, you're anti-dog on There's that like side. One scene in wait, the wait, wait, so why are you saying we're anti-dogs? We're not anti-dogs. I've been saying this with every animal movie you watch, all right? That's not Ever true. Ever since Okja, okay? I like Fantastic Mr. Fox a lot. Because of the animals? Yeah. Yeah. They're hilarious. Yeah, I, you'd step on a fox's skull. I think the story is better in that movie. What'd you give it? Did you read it? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh. Uh, based on my uh, 
pro dog stance, even though I'm a cat person, I give this movie a uh, four out of five. Nice. Um, I agree with uh, you guys talking about the technical technical aspects of this movie, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna rate this one differently. I'm gonna rate it solely on how it resonated with me. And That's as not you fair. know, um, I was disappointed. I said you should rate every movie. Um, I'm gonna give it a two and a half out of five. God damn. Woo! Yeah, I was. Uh, I, 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 when this movie stopped, I was it's like, lower what, than the what the fuck? <laughs> hey. Oh, I wasn't expecting that, man. This came out of nowhere. You gave uh, a Wes Anderson movie. A yeah, two I know. And a half. Uh, Yo, if you told this to Sean like I, I, five years ago, he wouldn't believe you. I was a Wes Anderson file. Like, I, love it. I used to love every movie he did up until Moonrise Kingdom. Um, I don't. I, I had actually my narrative change on uh, Moonrise Kingdom. I, like, lo- I love Moonrise. Yeah, Kingdom. Moonrise I Kingdom. Like, I, lot, like when I first like, watched I it, it, I wasn't a. I wasn't the biggest fan, but then I rewatched it like a year later, and I'm like, oh my god, I was so wrong about this. I was so wrong yeah. about this movie. So I, it's funny too. I, I'm I'm like 100 percent sure that Wes Anderson films are what got me into movies. Like when I saw Bottle Rocket, it changed my life. Jesus Christ, maybe yeah. maybe he held this movie too high. No, it's uh, just not that. The story just wasn't good to me. It didn't work at all. Okay, so hopefully these reviews can help you to determine whether or not you should I don't think watch they will. It's literally, <laughs> Isle of Dogs. They literally don't know what to thing, do. I suppose. Yeah, it's a personal thing. If you think it looks interesting, go see it. Yeah. Yeah, go for it, I guess. Because it is. Man, I love this new Sean. He comes back from vacation, man. He's a different, his guns are blazing. He can go so fuck. This is why I like talking about movies and in, in-depth in discussion. Instead of a... A conversation going like with somebody at work. That movie sucked. I'm like, what are you talking about? That movie's good. You know, you you have that argument, but you never get to actually sit down and, and flesh it, it out. And I'm glad we got to sit here and do that. You're both still wrong, but um, okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> listen, man. Listen, listen. I'm just kidding. It's I don't know. I asked my girlfriend what she thought of it. Get on. You the haven't phone. talked about it yet. We did, but I didn't get, on, like, get on the phone right now. I don't like to talk about my thoughts too much before the recording. <laughs> So I, you don't she, prep yourself. she hates that. She wants to talk about it. I'm like, find out on the next episode of Do the Right Film. She's like, oh, oh, really? You do that shit to yourself? Yeah, I do. I love having a conversation after watching a movie. I feel like it helps me just like... Depends. Like, I don't know. I always like having a good I conversation. I only like that if it has a divisive ending or something. I don't know. I don't like doing it. I like to let that, shoe, that shit stew in my... Uh, let that shit my, stew? I agree with you in, in my, my head. head, too. Okay, I cool. I hear what people think. Um, so do we, do we have a clear cut choice for next week? Is I, think, that we'll, uh, I think we do. Yeah. We'll I won't be, uh, reviewing it. I'm just giving you a heads up. So you'll probably never see this movie. I might. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I guess Ready Player One will be, but, uh, is it's, anybody interested in going to see Unsane? Uh, it has a major release. I, yeah, I was going to watch it this week, but, um, I don't know. The, the time, the show times are weird. So yeah. yeah. Do it. Plus, mean, plus I don't want to see an I'm iPhone go see on it. the big screen. Did you see the trailer? It looks pretty good. It looks like an iPhone to me, but it still looks no, good. It, it I'm talking about the movie. Yeah, the <laughs> no, I'm saying it looks good, yeah. yeah. But I'm saying that it doesn't not look like an iPhone. Oh, who cares? Yeah. So, depends. As long as I can see people on screen, it doesn't matter how it was shot to me. That's not true, actually. It looks like... That's um, not true at all. You're it looks Roger, like, fuck you, Roger Deakins. It looks like he, like he shot it like the normal way with, like, uh, I don't know, expensive cameras, but then um, someone did, like, a... Uh, like a like a, a cam. recreation. Hey, no, tw- like a 28, cam 28 days later was did on home video cameras. Wait, what? 28 days later. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. We're that saying like they movie. attached the iPhone under the lens of the real no, it camera. It just looks like a cam version of it. Like somebody watched it in theaters and recorded it on a camcorder. <laughs> oh, that. And then gave it back to him and he was like, "Perfect." And then he well, released it. Well, I mean, <laughs> there's no like shallow depth of field and, and like <laughs> like this is art. I would say the thing that 
is the the narrow or the deep depth of field that an iPhone has versus a cinema camera. But uh, I think you guys should watch Ready Player One. It's Spielberg after all. I guess we got to talk about this fuck again. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I think they're are they releasing it Wednesday? From what I understand, or oh, no? Oh, it'll be no it'll, they'll be the mouth breathers will be out in drones. I might be wrong with that. Sorry. But uh, yeah, listen to that next week. Um, so let's move along here. You guys want to dive into the topic? Sure. So Steve, give us a little Hell, background. You, on this, you, uh, you topic. read an article regarding. Yeah, this. you're the most knowledgeable on this subject. Apparently. You really got to bring us to. <laughs> this. Apparently, archers. Uh, archers. What's the problem Arch- with these guys now? Our tours. Uh, hitting everybody French. with their fucking bow and arrows. And shit. Yeah, that sounds like what? Uh, <laughs> so I was, I just happened to stumble upon uh, this article on Wired, and they were just talking about the myth of the art tour. But it was really because I was like looking up like art tour on like Google, and I'm just kind of like reading different things. But I read this, and they were talking about Hitchcock, and how just in general like the process of how it works, and how the way people hold usually like just one person on a pedestal. In terms of like their films, like oh, how the way like Hitchcock has created all these films that are, like that have distinctly his style or his signature look, but if you take a certain element away, it's not Hitchcock anymore. And what this uh, what the article kind of like reveals is that when he left uh, the studio, like when he was like working for big studios, like you know he was signed a lot of these people that work on his films, like writers and actors, to these long contracts. And that's what the studio would do. So have con- that's why he kind of created his own st- distinctive style. He has these group of people that he works with. So I just, I just, th- I just find it interesting that how a lot of people, when you think of like film directors, you always just think of like that one person. Like, oh, that's the guy who's like controlling everything and like making it his. But it's inherently I not mean, his. Like, if you take one thing away, it could eventually just kind of evaporate. Like well, uh, okay. Wes and that, Anderson. And I mean, Wes Anderson's he... a good example, but I mean, I think he's so now like his style is so cemented, like it's like distinctively his. But that would make him still an art tour, right? I mean, he yeah. But it was just it's the article is just kind of discussing how people in general kind of like hold a lot of these icons. Like they mentioned Steve Jobs as well. How the way like people just think of him as the like the mind behind like iPhone and Apple a, products. I've got a question. Yeah. So. Let's take Wes Anderson for example. Let's let's say you took Wes Anderson and you like took him away from his production company, and you just give him a a crew of people he's never worked with yeah. before ever. Do you think it would look like a Wes Anderson? I don't film? think it would be the I, same. I think it would. I think it would. I think because I think you see elements there, but I don't know if it would be the same. I think his style is his direction of how he presents story yeah. and how he writes. A lot of his a lot of his uh, films is the way, like Shoma mentioned, the way the characters are dressed and the way they speak. Yeah, so he's he still w- directing. Yeah. I think yeah. it would be a Wes Anderson film too, for yeah. sure. Really, I would love to see that. I would love for him to like not work with here. The- and I think that's the reason I like I mentioned earlier, like in the episode or like in the early in the review. And it makes sound negative because I told that to someone I work with, and he got offended when I said it. And I'm just like, Jesus Wait, Christ! Like you if, you at, if you look at if you look at other, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, I, I just I just ma- mentioned that I was just like he's like I think I'm suffering from he's like are you excited for Isle of Dogs I'm like yeah like you know I'm not too excited and he's just like why and I'm just like I think I'm suffering from like Wes Anderson fatigue like it's just like I know you know you know what you're getting you mo- majority of the time you do like I it's think like, you I can't, got you can't, more than what I was hoping well I mean but that goes person to person what yeah. story resonate like Dars Unlimited resonated way more with me and that just at that point it's just person to person we already talked about this because you hate dogs but. Well, yeah, that I'm a I'm a horrible person. Uh, 
But but yeah, I told him, and he's just like, he's like, what the fuck do you want from him then? And I'm like, whoa, relax. It's not that big Damn, of a deal. This I'm guy just, loves Wes Anderson. Yeah, like it's is like he, do or die is, shit. Is he and dating him? Well, I'm assuming so. Oh, but and his own no, no, nothing against him. But I understand like when you're like a fan of someone and you have that passion. So I completely understand why he's like that <clears> about like you know certain people you you enjoy their work. You, I get it. But I just find it interesting that you know, like it's just like is it the person or is it is it the people that he works with? I think it's the person. It's I think person. that I mean it goes back to the, the definition of the words. It's their personal influence on a movie. Yeah. So I mean, you take like for example, uh, a person, a director who is not relying on a crew, but his movies are just based on the way he writes. Yeah. And a perfect example of that is Woody Allen. Yeah. He, he uses a different comp- pretty much a different company every time he he does a film. Yeah. But it's just based on characters that he writes. Yeah. Okay. And the, the neurosis of those characters, which is the central theme of yeah. every one of his movie. So that's not relying on a crew. Who, uh, who's Nolan's? Like, does Nolan change his DP? Or does uh, he use the same guy? No, well, his last DP was the other dude. But um, he's never used him before, right? No, uh, he had a falling out with, um, what's his name? Deacons. Uh, no, not no, Deacons. Emmanuel? No, no. Um, what's the guy who did Transcendence? Don't know. Um, I think Nolan's a good example because I think... People like that aren't going to let their vision get trampled on by an incompetent crew. I don't think they're going to take no for an answer. I don't think they're going to yeah. make compromises just because they don't have the crew that they, they're used to. That's going to make it easier, but it's just an uphill battle. He's still going to make the movie he wants to make. Yeah. There are directors out there who... All right, here's... Wally Fister. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Here's the Artur myth. Yeah. Where it's like the... This is where it's wrong. It's when the director gets too much credit, and that's and that's where that's where I'm coming from. So, for instance, I was reading an article about Wonder Woman, right? And uh, Patty Jenkins' vision for like this movie, I was like, get the fuck out of here. She, she is a fucking. You could have replaced her with anybody. Let's be honest. Damn man, a year later, you're still attacking Wonder Woman, huh? But this happens all (laughs) the time. This happens all the time. Trying to think of a, a recent example, but uh. People are like, uh, they'll say the director's name with an apostrophe S, and then they'll put the movie after that. And a lot of times it's wrong. <laughs> like they own that world. That like they, they own yeah. that, like, the, okay, like what saying. People, other people wrote it. Uh, they had no influence on the writing. Like they, like, they had no influence. Like, you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, they'll I know just what write saying. that in the reviews, and it kind of irks me. What, a what about bit. directors who don't necessarily write their own stories, yeah. but also have such a strong background in how they direct? Yeah, perfect example. It depends if they're involved. Um, you know? Scorsese, he doesn't really write any of his movies, but he's so good at directing actors. Like he's really good at directing yeah. actors. And how like does how does assembling he, a cast? I think he also gets involved with writing, though, and I think he's also he, he, involves I, himself. Yeah, in he editing. doesn't necessarily write the scripts, but you know, he has a lot of input. On so, that. so is the Artur is not just like the one individual that's not just let's say, like they're they're not just basically that one person sitting there and they say yes and no to everything. They're the person yeah. who's they're like getting their just making hands good decisions. And I think they're 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 actually in the weeds with the crew. Whether it's like the cinematographer, or even just production, or even just like you know, on every basis, they're in the yeah. weeds with them. I think uh, I feel like that's a better example yeah. of like a true art and how sure. distinct somebody's style is. Like you mentioned, uh, Hitchcock. Yeah, he has one of the most distinct uh, styles of filmmaking ever. Yeah, and uh, Kurosawa as well. Yeah, so and those people, just, they're not reliant on yeah. like just them doing everything, shooting, directing. Yeah, 
um, write-in. Like, I, I just find it. I just find it interesting. Like Harvey just brought up a good point. Like if he, if Wes Anderson didn't have his crew, or didn't have the usual people, like the the actors he always works with, the same people. Like, is like, would it be the same movie, or would it be able to pull it off the same? I think, and I um, think that's an interesting question to propose because we don't. I don't think anyone truly will know until he tries it. Yeah, I think he definitely has. Um, he obviously has his own production company that has people that he frequently collaborates with. So. I think there's some things that we, uh, I don't know, that we see in Wes Anderson films that probably aren't necessarily a creation of his or a direct result of his vision. But I think ultimately everybody bends to to his will and to his vision. And I think if you were to replace someone (laughs) that's been working with him for a really long time, I think whatever they brought to 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 the equation is probably valuable, but I don't think it will make or break or... I think it's probably a minute detail in a, yeah. the grand scheme of like a Wes Anderson movie. I don't think that. I think there are a lot of people involved in Isle of Dogs that like they they helped create this Japanese world that mm-hmm. Wes Anderson maybe needed help yeah. creating. Yeah, but it, the movie still morphed into Wes Anderson. His, his it's yeah. because, but um, it it just depends. Like for going back to Scorsese, right? How many scripts does he get? Like, hey, we want you to be the director on this, and it's our, everything's already like probably couldn't count them, probably a lot. But like, no, I mean, how many times does he actually do a movie oh. like that where he like everything's already like the, the the decisions are made? He's not a jobber. He's not like someone that just comes in and be like, okay, well, he's like he's right. just directing. I think Scorsese is is there from there's, start. There's he, a, he didn't pull, he did pull with, a Ron with, Howard. Yeah, basically. with his movies, there's a level of passion there for the projects that he does take on. So, like you said, he's not a jobber. He's not taking on a movie because this was presented to him. It's most of the movies he's done it was, it was something that he's always wanted to do. Yeah, and that's where I think why he's so good at directing because it's a passion. Like those stories, like um, Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, every story that he directs is is a story that he's always wanted to tell. Yeah, and I just find it. I, I think if we're talking about directors in general, I, lately I've just been kind of like, I, I feel like I, I mean, this makes it sound like I didn't enjoy his movies before, but. Paul Thomas Anderson, like recently, it's just I've been kind of like falling in love again with his films, just because. Because of me. Well, it's not that at all, <laughs> but it's just like every film, it's kind of distinctive, but yet it is his own. You know what I mean? It sounds weird to say it like out loud, but like he's yeah. like every film, like Boogie Nights, is completely different from Phantom Thread, but Phantom Thread is I feel like completely different. Like, I actually now take that back. The Master and Phantom Thread kind of feel like. They have like They're pretty similar, similar yeah. yeah. But you know what I mean. I think by all that. of his films are similar to to a degree, especially yeah. the, the main character. I think Boogie yeah. Nights is the most distant one. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like it's just it's like it's his distinctive flair. You see it there, but yet they're all somewhat different. Like tell, they're all telling different stories, and but they all but they, when you look at them, like we we watch them because we understand. We've watched a lot of films, but if you get get like a blind audience. You just like people are just like kind of sitting there and they like oh you show them all these clips from different movies they probably wouldn't be able to tell like oh this no. is the same director no yeah but some like, people can't even tell it's the same like, actor you can definitely tell like oh this is him <laughs> if you, you know? watch a lot of movies you could you could tell but you gotta understand though like those people won't even notice an actor in the same movie who is that again no they'll like they'll <laughs> they'll know who it is in this movie and then they'll they'll see them again and their brain won't go oh they were in that like they just it's a totally new person to them. <laughs> for real that's how that's how people who don't watch movies see it yeah and that's okay because they're not you know nerds like us but what uh what's the art or auteur 
<laughs> it's like now we're saying it so much that it's like hard to say that word because you don't want to fuck it up. Our tour. What what is the myth that it doesn't Artur. exist? It's well, yeah, like basically, like it's not just like that, and that's what I was getting. At. There's just, other people behind the scenes that are that are helping them. They're so building it, building up, and yeah, sometimes that's bullshit. But like most I mean, people, most people hold usually a director or one person at the helm. Like well, here's oh, this why person's bullshit, doing it because. Because of a there, little thing called there's Webster's. Some, there, there's some clear-cut examples of uh, directors who, without that name, that movie wouldn't have been the same at all. Yeah, I think I think that is true for some directors, but I don't think it's true for all autistic. No, right, yeah, right. no, no. It's that's why, that's why we're, t- yeah, exactly. so that's why we're de- talking about. You guys want to hear the, the definition? It's a filmmaker whose personal influence and artistic control over a movie are so great that the filmmaker is regarded as the author of the movie. That, that definition plays into one... Who I consider probably the greatest author of all time is Kubrick, and everyone who's involved in filmmaking in some way, like directors, writers, they're influenced by Kubrick. I think and it's case he, by his, case. Yeah, his style influenced everyone in the industry, and it was Especially later in his life yeah. as well. Seeps seeps through every. Yeah, I think uh, it's case by case. It's okay to put to say Nolan's Dunkirk, but it's not okay to say Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman. Yeah, and I think that's what it comes down to. It's yeah, case by case. I just, I just was, I that's just found it so interesting. It's I, actually more simple, especially than a movie that's so like attached to something else. Like that's yeah. not hers at all. It's like yeah. something that wasn't like conceived. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Like no, no one pushed that shit out of his womb. Yeah, yeah, and it's also graphic, for me, it has to be like that <laughs> that specific director's passion. Yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure that wasn't her passion. So I think we're coming up with a formula. So I guess it's just like there's obviously diff- different levels. of Doesn't like matter how many people. There's definitely different levels. Doesn't yeah. matter how many people made decisions on uh, Dunkirk. Like say Christopher Nolan didn't. Obviously Christopher Nolan didn't build the bombs that exploded and, and fly the planes. So he shouldn't get credit. So there. he didn't. Unfortunately, not. Uh, there are other people who are the brains behind that, but uh, the fact that it was his vision to even bring them on is it's he's an auteur. He's, he he did it. He, it's his film. Well, it's like I, if you write a book, you and you, the the paper, you know, doesn't own parts of the book, right? <laughs> That's just the tool, right? If you look it. at people as tools and and that very uh, narcissistic, it uh, is narcissistic. <laughs> but if you're Christopher Nolan, you're you're kind of yeah. on the throne in that aspect. Yeah, I guess you. Uh, yeah, uh, when I read that, uh, when I read the text message that we were going to do this topic, I immediately thought of um, the Love Witch. Because if there's a person that's ever been a fucking auteur, it's the woman that made Love Witch, um, Anna Biller. She not only directed and wrote that movie, she also composed the score. She did production design, set design. She did costume design. Yeah. She did every fucking yeah. thing. In it. She edited that, the movie. That's interesting. That you sounds like that's, like that's like yeah. another level. That she, is like a true art like, That's a, like she works too hard. The guy who did primer and upstream color. Yeah, yeah. He went to yeah. school for two years to learn quantum physics yeah. to do primer. That's an auteur. He wrote the music he, and he played the instruments and recorded himself in a room. Right. Well, that's a, that's a whole other level. I think the auteur um, controversy is when you attach it to someone who didn't do all the work. But no one didn't do all the work. What What about uh, some auteurs that you don't like? I don't know. Give me a name. Michael Bay. I don't know. Oh yeah, no. He in a weird way, it's like, it's like I, don't he, I don't think he writes. I don't think no, he, he doesn't. He, doesn't, he, doesn't, he definitely doesn't. doesn't write. I mean, yeah, essentially he is. Uh, but he is but that's what I'm saying. His distinctive yeah. style to all and his he films. Does, and he, it's not diverse movie to movie. It's just you it's know a Michael Bay movie from a Michael Bay movie. Yeah, it's the same. Like same fucking weird, blown out. Like oh my god, why does this movies look that way? 
They all look just like someone just threw over a filter from fucking Instagram. Instagram, yeah. It's fucking Looks hideous. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think I tend to like most auteurs because uh, they're passionate and they, you know, they're kind of perfectionists a little bit. So I don't yeah. think there's a lot of bad ones out there. It's more good uh, than the, bad. These are my there's top some, three. There's some bad ones. Um, yeah. They're harder sure. to think of than my top three: uh, Jim Jarmusch, Terrence Malick, and Terry Gilliam. And they're like consider they're on the you, low spectrum you, of like popularity. You know yeah, but I think I don't think you become a great director like you Jim go- Jarmusch is a great one because again yeah. he follows that same rule as like PTA where it's like mm-hmm. all his movies they do have that style and, but yet they're so movies, fucking different. And like the, the fact that he's them. like very sporadic in how he makes a movie. Like yeah. he he works in like okay, I'll guess I'll make a movie this year and the <laughs> last movie he did was like 10 years ago. What about like uh, here? Here's a here's one up for debate. Uh, Zack Snyder, I don't know. In a weird way, like he is. Like, I don't he, think like, he is. Like he, uh, I think he, I think he puts himself in that level of an art tour. Like he wants to make himself there, but he's. But I think that I think came he's done out of so like, little. I think that came out of like the project that we, he was handed to. Yeah, and then he's like, okay, I made this movie this way. I guess I'll run with this because it's, that's how they like it. So like, all right, it's like if you do any photo editing and you create a preset. And that's like, oh, this is my go-to Zach preset. <laughs> that's preset. that's what happened. But the He's question like, he made, is, like, he made three know orders, like, this is my preset. Was, yeah. was that his first movie? I feel like that was his first one that like, no. people knew no. who he was. He has to have some like, other, like, no, like, stuff. like, that style, though. Yeah, um, yeah. No, what I'm trying to say is, like, it's if like you go back to his first movie, was that movie, like, the movies he's making now? Then he's not an auteur. If you look at it that way. Yeah. I kind of lean towards him not being an auteur, but... Uh, I feel like he tr- he wants to make himself That's what one. I'm saying. That's like, he's, he's like a yeah. person who's like, who, he's like, I have this, I'm going to keep going so with this. So what I was going to say is like, just about every great, renowned, popular director is an auteur, but I think there are instances where there are popular directors like Zack Snyder. He's only popular because he makes popular shit. I don't think he's popular for his skill. His ability to create something from nothing. I don't think Zack Snyder is even an auteur. I don't think we should be mentioning. <laughs> yeah, he's he should be in this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, after what he brought I to think, us, I think there the are people out times. there who may say that he is. But no, he's not. I didn't know he not. did La- uh, Legends of the Guardian. I didn't know he did yeah. that. Legends of Garhu. Yeah. Yeah. I like that movie. Yeah, I liked it too. Actually. Owl Nazis. Yeah. I saw the it's movie really Downtown weird. Tampa. That that theater right in like that circle. It's pretty cool. Hmm. But uh, yeah, my my uh, verdict is that it's case by case. You can call someone an artist. Oh, okay, so what's what's this whole myth thing about? That's where I'm confused. Yeah, oh, I'm confused the, too. Are you, they're just saying that. Yeah, that it the myth is that exist. if you take away the people that are helping the people in their production oh. companies that are helping them to make oh, these movies, the same. Yeah. Uh, I guess yeah. I don't agree with that then. Yeah, I don't agree with it. Either. I think I think it's I think the article is obviously made to be divisive, and it was to, and that's why they chose such a big figure like Hitchcock. It, I think it's I think it's true sometimes, but I don't think it's true all the time. Yeah, no, no, of I course. I think with certain people, they'll stop I think at nothing to make I'm, the movie. I feel like the article was specifically to have a yeah. conversation about film. And were they talking specifically? Well, were, Hitchcock what were they saying they, about Hitchcock? No, they. That's well, that's what I was bringing up. How the way, like, how the way, like, without his crew, like, so the the example they used was there was a point in time where Hitchcock was working exclusively with studios and mm-hmm. they, like, like I said before, they uh, signed these people like actors, just different people part of the crew would sign contracts like long term. Like, we're going to do this many movies, we're going to work like with... Like Cary Grant? Yeah. yeah. And that's how the way he kind of built this distinct style and mm-hmm. things like that. But then, you know, when he went off and, and opened up his own studio, the two films they created with different groups of people and outside of that flopped. They weren't his anymore. It just wasn't, didn't have that Hitchcock feel or style. So they just so brought maybe up the Hitchcock's argument. not on our, our tour. 
No. Well, I mean, I don't know. Uh, but I feel like I, that's I, why they're proposing the argument because he definitely, he definitely was. But you know, I mean, uh, I don't know. Kubrick, I think, I think Kubrick would have handled. Well, it better. And that's why I brought up the question. You know, in general, is just like, what is, what is an art tour? Just like what, what kind of like. I don't know which movies you're referring to, but like, do they not feel like his movies when you watch them? I haven't. I personally haven't seen these two. I was just kind of like, I yeah. Like, I think that's the question. The movies just weren't good, or just didn't feel like his past movies. They, they in terms of apparently, style. yeah. From what the article said, it was just they they flopped in the box office. Because just because they're not good, like I don't think Interstellar is a great movie, but it still feels like Nolan. Yeah. So I mean, that's basically it's the good gist movie, of the article, though. and uh, yeah. If you guys want to read it, I guess I can send it. Send you the link. Sure. It's, it sounds interesting, but uh, yeah. I'll read it. I like the wire. All right. Well, that's cool. Everyone likes the wire. I think that was a good, healthy discussion. Michael Bay's in our tour, so is Zack Snyder. Let's uh. <laughs> Michael Bay and Zack Snyder are not our tours. Wait, I want to think of worst our tours. <laughs> I feel like uh, I don't think you can be some. a bad our tour. Yeah, you can. There's some. Yeah, Tommy you can Wiseau. have you can have like a distinctive style that's your own, Tommy Wiseau, and still be bad. Yeah, Tommy Wiseau was in our tour for that particular movie, I guess. Hey, are you guys excited for them having a new movie coming out? No, I'm not gonna watch it. You guys are aware of this, right? I think Guillermo del Toro's in our tour. Yeah, definitely. No. Yeah, he's definitely. De- he's considered yeah. one. Like his he films, he scrubs the line. I mean, he he only really has one style of filmmaking, so I guess in the way that that that's a definition of it. I love yeah. like the first picture I get from like terrible tours is Michael. I think Spielberg is definitely an tour. Yeah, he is. Um, Sometimes Werner Hunt, uh, Herzog. Spielberg is in James the same. Cameron. It's it's the same camp as Scorsese. I think, the way he directs. I think Spielberg could be a jobber more than Scorsese. Late, okay, that's different. Let's yeah, say lately. In, in but if you look yeah. at like the first solid ten movies that he directed, yeah. of course, there's a clear cut style there of like the way and he, he wrote presents. Them. Yeah, motion. I guess he's grounded directed as a. As an Who are we talking about? Spiel. Spielberg. Oh. I, I think it's just as like recently that he's just yeah. been having these like since I was because like he started doing movies like. Um, Bridge of Spies and The Post. What I'm saying is those things are... You can be an artor per movie. I just don't think he's an artor for every movie he's done. But he's... In general, he's yeah. an artor, but certain movies... I don't think Ready Player One is going to feel very artor-like. Probably not. Um, but sure, whatever. I think uh, I think we burned this topic whatever. up. Yeah. I don't think... There's not a lot of bad ones out there. We didn't talk a lot about Tarantino. No, Tarantino. he's probably one of the yeah. most we didn't talk, prominent. We, yeah, we didn't talk a lot about. Just we didn't talk about like, him at all. I feel like he he, <laughs> because he gets enough. He gets he gets because enough. He, he works on two levels. He yeah. actually shoots his own movies. Like he's he's looking through a lens the whole time and like pointing yeah. cameras. He's definitely Cronenberg too. Yeah, I don't think he's ever he's all never done directors. a movie. He's never done a movie where he didn't write it. Okay. Yeah, that's clear cut. Is anybody right excited for his new movie? It's the it's it has Brad Pitt. Uh, yeah, DiCaprio. the Caprio, Char- Charlie Manson. I haven't watched yeah. his uh, newest yet. Which was that? Hatefully. Yeah, Hatefully. Oh, okay. yeah, it's on Netflix. It yeah. I have. Um. But yeah, I guess we can move on. You guys want to play a game? Yeah. Sure. You got a game? Isn't that the same game we're doing? Oh, we're we're playing the usual. Steve gets to sit this one. Oh out. Wait, wait, before we do that, you guys don't want to talk about the video stuff. You want to do that after? Oh, we can I do it after. I feel like it's just getting caught up in the weeds. All right, let's get let's get. We're gonna the game get, out we're gonna put videos. All right. On YouTube, watch it. <laughs> we'll play the game and then we'll briefly mention a couple things. So about wait, that. why am I going first? Because I don't want to go first. Uh, okay, here we go. I'm rolling. I'm scared. So this is the game. If you don't know, uh, Steve won. I'm sorry, Steve lost last week. Uh, so he gets dibs on assigning a movie to the lowest roller of this week. 
Sean rolls an eight. Sean rolls an eight. Whoever rolls the lowest has to be. I do have shot. a movie on my tab. <laughs> they they have to uh, give. Sorry, receive a movie by Steve. I'm fucking Steve, you got a movie here. I've got a list. Two. Shomo rolls a two. Well, okay, Steve, I mean, give Shomo a punishment. You don't know that yet. I don't know, man. I've been yeah, Harvey hasn't gone stuff. yet. Yeah. If Harvey gets a one or two, it's just bad luck. <laughs> Can we agree that if I roll a one, that this game is over? That we're not playing this game anymore. Okay, I'll no, set it right. down for that. We'll if, if you roll, okay, let's say this. Because, because if you roll a one, we're done with this game. Yeah, if you roll a one, we're done. Yeah, we're no, done. playing this no, game. No, never, no, never. Me and Steve outrule Shovel. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you, God. This game is staying. I love this game, dude. Steve, you don't have to roll. Oh yeah. Where are you rolling? Yeah. Oh, so I'm giving you a movie. Yeah, I don't know. Just, I, it was such a habit. Steve uh, has okay, to Okay, let's let's me do something real quick. If you roll anything lower than a two, you you have to be part of the game right now, and you lose. No, I'm not gonna <laughs> part of this. Just roll it. I'm interested. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna do it, man. And I would have to assign you a movie since I rolled the highest. Just uh, give that's me a movie, a Steve. Do you uh, <laughs> do you have anything picked out for me? Yeah, man. Uh, punishment, punishment. I just realized. No, actually, I no. You know I'm not gonna be here next week, but. I will. I maybe I'll do a phone review of just this movie if you guys want. We're not want. doing that. All yeah. right, we'll call you on the road. I'm just saying I will be driving when you guys are recording home. I got a movie for you. Oh, wait, you guys called me when I was driving home last week too. Yeah. Was that in the show or no? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's like right in the middle of the show. Huh? Uh, so I'm going to give you. Let's hear it. So you can finish. So you slowly can finish off this director's filmography. Hitchcock film? No. Was Taika. 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 Yeah, I'm going to get you. Uh, what we do in the shadows. Well, he hasn't watched Evil uh, Eagle versus Shark, so or Boy, right? Yeah, or Boy. So, so that's lot, what I'm saying. You got, you got go. so, but we're not going to do Boy because I gave Harvey Boy, so you, we're we're not going to do that. But I'm going to give you because it's one of my. Favorite, I have been putting this off. For yeah, it's very my favorite time. comedy in the last like couple of years. Yeah, this this movie I fucking love. I rewatch it and it's still just as funny as like, like yeah the first. Day I would I've say this it. movie has the strongest rewatch value of everything I've seen. It doesn't in a long get old. Time. And I think this Ooh. is right up. It's I, no, I'll it has that. It. it has that humor. I think you would definitely appreciate. Maybe, maybe I'll hate it, and there'll be some controversy. Maybe. Don't hate it. There's an auditor right there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Everybody's a fucking auditor, I guess. Right? Some people aren't. Some, some people, people aren't. Yeah, they'll I mean, just do some, anything because yeah, like, the some people are jobbers. Those like, people. Like, oh, those right. people aren't relevant, though. Would you? Um, who, who's the guy that does all these horror movies? What's his name? Eli Roth. No. There's a lot of them. Ty West. Not Ty West. What's his name? Wong. Oh, James Wan. James, James Wan, yeah. yeah, he like he does a shit ton of movies, right? Yeah, a lot of horror movies, but is, he's not an artor. I like, don't think so because no, you don't see. He, there's no not, vision. There's well, no like yeah. distinctive it's not, style. It's not necessarily about the style. It's that he doesn't write his movies. Do you uh, think you have to? All right, we can't have this. Yeah, his first movie <laughs> written by writes, uh, directs, and produces their own movies. Well, not always. Scorsese doesn't well, always generally, write yeah. his movies. But I feel like if a director wants to say, "Hey, I want to make a film about this event," write me a script. He, I think they still makes him an art tour. He, he gets someone better with words to put the script together for him, and then he, it, it's all part of his plan, right? You know the best well, we're, we're that back we, on this topic. You know the best art tour that we didn't mention. We've said our tour fucking eighty five thousand. Who's that, Harvey? Edward Yang. Oh, stop it! He's trying to fucking push this Taiwanese cinema shit on us. Yeah, Edward that Yang shit's good, great. man. Fucking three hour long movies, man. All right, well. uh... So it looks like I'm going to be watching what we do in the shadows. A movie, my it's girlfriend. On Netflix. My girlfriend really wants me to watch it too. So, lucky her. Um, <laughs> let's. Uh, I will say one thing. You're lucky you got this movie. Okay. Uh, 
Because you could you could have got a horse shit. Yeah, I don't want to hear that though. All I do is give out gems to you guys. I'm giving you a gem. This, this is, is one probably of my one of the comments. best recommendations. Yeah, but you're, 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 of the game. you're making it look like you're doing a favor that's not usually I mean, done. Hey man, I'm giving you a favor right now. Right. I could have given you a shit. So uh, yeah, uh, that's about it for the show. I think briefly we did want to mention some things. Um, we uh, if you were. <laughs> Actually, uh, listening to the beginning of the episode, I'm not sure if people skip or not, but uh, we were hinting at some some video ideas for the Do the Right film, and uh, I don't know. We're gonna play with some stuff. I think we uh, we're gonna do uh, video content. It's going to be uh, think of it like this: it's gonna be like companion pieces to this podcast. Uh, if you're out there and you watch videos and you don't listen to podcasts, who probably won't be listening to this right now. Uh, it may bridge the gap from video to podcast and podcast to video, if you get what I'm saying. Uh, I think uh, I think they're going to both work as companion pieces. Not not one as bonus content, but like together. You guys get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Makes what sense the to me. fuck are you talking about? I'm just saying it's not going to be like a, a little bonus video type thing. It's actually going to be content that's going to be separate from the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, it's just a way to talk more shit about movies and uh, discuss more things because, you know, we record once a week. We can't, you know, can't put everything into one podcast show. It'll be too long, be too convoluted. So we're breaking it up a little bit. And uh, we'd love to hear your ideas. If there's some types of videos you'd like to see that regard film, uh, this could range from anything. We're we're actually looking to make this a creatively free process. So uh, yeah, we're always looking for su- suggestions on that, and uh, as well as topics for the show. If you guys ever have uh, anything you want to hear our hot takes on, like our tours. Cool. You got the hot take on that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, stay stay tuned uh, on our social media for uh, do the right film YouTube channel. Should be. Uh, up soon. Pre-subscribe. Yeah, pre-subscribe. But uh, you know, if you if you don't feel like if you don't feel like searching it, you know, we'll, we'll have links yeah. to the first upload everywhere on Facebook, which is Do the Right Film, Instagram, Do the Right Film underscore podcast. We're also on Twitter. Uh, but more importantly, you can find everything jumbled into one on our website. We have a website. It's just www.dotherightfilm.com. And our videos will, will be on there, I'm sure. Maybe. Okay. I still stand by that we should have headshots of each of us on the website. I, I agree. I got a couple of headshots. In tuxedos. Well, that's a stretch, but we'll talk yeah. about it. Uh, yeah. Other than that, any, anything you guys want to add to the... Uh... So you won't be here next week. Um, no, I won't. We'll replace you. Don't worry about it. Do it. Did you, guys, did you guys replace me last week? No. No. Oh, okay, cool. I think it's only worth replacing if two people are absent. Like, then we we'll mm-hmm. probably bring on a third. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I guess yeah. that's it. Yeah. I don't have anything to mention. Me either. Yeah, so see you guys next week. See ya. We need catchphrase. You don't